When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. WRKS Pickens Jackson. Are you ready? Now live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. Listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds Radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul. Woo! Good morning. Welcome in SEC Media Days this week in Atlanta. At the College Football Hall of Fame. Holy Mary Zap. We've had some moments. Philip Fulmer boycotting. And uh, calling in via speakerphone. Um, the Johnny Manziel stuff. Tim Tebow. Hugh Freeze. What was that, an hour? He went like 50-something minutes. <laughs> Without he's, taking a question. He spent 15 minutes on tight ends. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, Saban returning to the SEC and to Alabama. Mm. I was there for that one. That one was pretty insane. Uh, that was when it was in Birmingham, by the way. So, I mean, you know, Bama fans were just lined up at the Winfrey Hotel um, for hours. It was just, it, it's it's hard to wrap your brain around. Even they didn't realize the dominance that was about to happen, I think. I mean, they, they knew it was going to be good, but one every other season for the last 12 years, <laughs> I don't think even they saw that coming. No. That's no. incredible. Um, out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, brought to you by the mouth-watering steaks and uh, bourbon, including uh, Long Branch and Russell's Reserve. At Kessler Prime in the Renaissance, visit KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. We're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app and the Zone1059.com. And Lane Kiffin will be uh, front and center today at around 1.30 from Atlanta and the College Football Hall of Fame for SEC Media Days. Mike Leach, the Pirate. Which t- what time's Leach tomorrow? Uh, he is the third guy. He should be around 12 or 1 o'clock. All right. Cool. 
cool. Uh, yeah, third guy. Because they start, see, today they don't start until lunchtime. Tomorrow they start bright and early with Nick Saban. Oh, so okay. Uh, they're they're taking a more business like approach tomorrow, I guess. Yeah, with, with four four guys, but I yeah. think they 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 their thinking is they allow media to get in on the on this morning too if, yeah. if they're flying in or driving. Even in. even the coaches. I mean, I would imagine. I mean, if you're Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, aren't you just like leaving Oxford right now on your private plane? Yeah, just hop, skip, and a jump. Takes an hour, man. Yeah, and so then you're just you're there by about ten. At the latest, oh. and you're walking in, and you're good to go. Yeah, they don't spend. I mean, they literally walk in and and do the deal, and then they're out. Um, and you know, the one coach when you when we used to go pre SEC network and pre Twitter, or really social media, but uh, Tuberville was the one guy that would work media row. He'd sit down with anybody, talk, visit. It's it's not surprising that he is a U.S. senator today. <laughs> and here's why. Um, one, I mean, he's got that personality um, as a salesman and a politician and so on. And then two, uh, he enjoyed most of the media stuff. And he, he didn't think he was too big time to work the road there in the 2000s when he was winning at Auburn. Um, and, and well, uh, you know, he had a few, obviously the undefeated season, but but he had some good years. And that was still with, you know, Pat Dye and the banker and those guys doing everything they could to uh, to get in his way. I don't know why you would do that as he was your head coach. Uh, but Tuberville would work SEC media radio row. Like and sit down with anybody. It's impressive. And today he's one of one hundred. Now you may think that the overwhelming majority of them are buffoons, but they're powerful. I mean, when you're one of one hundred U.S. senators, you and and Tommy Tuberville, it's not a bad deal. When you get elected, you get knowing that you get six years. Where 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 did Tub, Tuberville have more power as head coach of Auburn or as a state senator? Senator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You he, got a lot of power as the head coach of Auburn. <laughs> he beat Bama, was it six times in a row? Yeah, it was incredible. He had that quote about owning owning Al- the state of Alabama. It was, yeah, he And he obviously still had that crew it. of boosters trying to, yeah. you know, take him out. Yeah, and it was, you know, he would have had a title at Auburn had he not gotten the short end of the stick in the BCS. On that one no doubt. He, of course, the one year he's undefeated is the same year they had like five other undefeated teams. Was it Oklahoma and Southern Cal that played for it in in the BCA in the championship game? No, I. Uh, and he beat Virginia Tech, or did he beat Oklahoma? LSU, I thought it was LSU Oklahoma that played, and Southern Cal won their bowl game in the Rose Bowl and claimed part of a national title too. LSU beat Oklahoma twenty one fourteen for a title. I thought that was no, the same that year. was the year before. Okay, the year before that was the next year. Tuberville in 04 went went undefeated. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. The uh, Farm Bureau Insurance call-in line is 601-707-3750. We've got a really cool uh, giveaway for Ole Miss fa- or You know an Ole Miss fan or friend or client. Um, jump in via the text line. And it's a, it's a really, really nice Ole Miss bag cooler. And it's red. 
with uh, Blue Ole Miss on there and super high quality. And we're giving it away today to one lucky listener. Uh, we gave one away last week too. And you can just give us your prediction on the Ole Miss schedule and the uh, the game that you think uh, makes it or breaks it for the Ole Miss Rebels last year. I think it was Arkansas. Um, that went over Arkansas 52-51. Epic way to close it out. Two-point conversion. Boom. Arkansas uh, Arkansas had been a thorn in Ole Miss's side and they, uh, in multiple sports. And they got the best of... Uh, Ole Miss got the best of Arkansas in both football and baseball this past year. Oh. And baseball in a critical, crucial time, of course, in the College World Series to punch their ticket to the championship series. So after fourth and 26, maybe they... Uh, exercise the demons. They exercise the demons with the 52-51 win last year. And this year with two wins in Omaha over the Razorbacks and Dave Van Horn. I think that, I think that is... About as good as it gets. I do too. I think they would have loved to have been in Atlanta that year, but you can't can't rewrite history, so that's pretty good. Um, you can't Ole Miss, rewrite, rewrite history. Ole Miss doesn't have a tough game. We've talked about this until week five when they host Kentucky because their first four are quite simple. Um, it, you were correct. 04 was the year that Jason White won the Heisman for Oklahoma and then got blown out 55-19 in the Orange Bowl by Pete Carroll and the USC Trojans. Man, how Jason? How did Jason White win it over Eli Manning? Because Oklahoma's a big brand. You know? And they had won it a few years before. See, Stoops got off to such a hot start, Like, Yeah, big game, year, Bob. In year two, he, he won it all. And so just a couple years later, they're still, you know, it was really, you know, Mike Leach's offense, and then they win it in year two. And then a few years later, Jason, what who, what'd you say his name? Jason, Jason White, White. Of all people, won it over Eli Manning. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so they uh, they got blown out 55-19 in that title game. Southern Cal was rolling. Yeah. Man. Was that Matt Leinart or Carson yeah, Palmer? Leinart. Okay. Yeah, that. Uh, but we were talking about all of that to be said. We were talking about the best coaches at SEC Media Days, and it does. Tuberville was a good one, but, man, there were some – SEC Media Days used to be a lot more wild, free, free wild west. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you look at some of the greatest moments in SEC Media Days history. There are even some prominent named coaches who were willing to kind of say things or do things that were a little, little out there compared to what we see now. Now you got to be so guarded. We'll we'll talk about that on the other side. Tom Luganville will join us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. At 8.30, Tom Luganville, National College Football Analyst with ESPN, will join us at 8.30, powered by MississippiSportsMedicine.com for any orthopedic hiccup. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, I, I think my first SEC media days was 2004. And um, so I started Sports Talk Radio here in 2003. Uh, October 1 was hired in August. But but we went over there and, you know, several times. That was back when you would go and stay. And again, it's pre-SEC network. Twitter, all that, where now we get everything live. You were the only leg in, for this region that was the only a- instant access to the to the coverage. Yeah, and it was considered cool to be there uh, and interview people and do your show from there. It meant you were a real sports person. I guess so. That's what it meant. Whatever that was. Yeah, Big J, Big J journalist. Right? Big J. Uh and this is right before the conference really takes off. Uh, it had grown, no doubt, um, in the 90s under Spurrier. But let's be honest. There was still a lot of, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust. I mean, Spurrier and Rick Patino did a lot to move the conference forward. Um, and even Bertman winning championships, it just didn't have... It, it was... It was while it was big, it was just a different world. Y'all know that. And Spurrier and Patino were both dropped offenses that just blew people's minds in football and basketball. And we were kind of antiquated prior to that. Not you know, kinda. we were very basic, <laughs> right? Very basic and, and vanilla. And, uh, I mean, trying to run a, a, a motion offense um, in, in basketball where you pass the basketball and an insane amount of times before shooting. And then, of course, it was just run the ball between the tackles. So Spurrier and Patino, that's what I grew up with in as far as last part of high school and college. But it was right before the SEC goes from kind of rustic and rural in the early 2000s to becoming the thing. And then when Saban comes back a couple of years later after going to the Dolphins, and Urban Meyer and Tebow take over at Florida. You needed star power, mm-hmm. and you really didn't have that with a player. Peyton Manning gave you some, but he didn't win it, and uh, and he didn't win the Heisman. I mean, he was a, an amazing player in college football, and Fulmer didn't let him sling it like others do today and or Spurrier would have let him sling it. Um, you know, former was still old guard, 1974 football. And then boom, just things started happening. Saban had already ripped off a, a, a championship. Um, he would eventually come back and then Tebow, Cam Newton, Johnny Manziel. Mm -hmm. And then of course, Saban starts winning titles and then you get your new 
because MSU and Ole Miss were still small athletic departments that didn't have a lot of money. And then all of a sudden the thing exploded and athletic directors started making money. Coaches made money. The league made money and so on. It was the six national titles too that really kind of sealed the deal in terms of bringing the whole conference along as opposed to one or two teams because you, you look at it and the SEC won the 98 title with Tennessee and then they uh, Spurrier 96 and Tennessee 98. But before that, they had kind of gone a couple years and then they, they go just LSU in 03 for, for like a six year period. They only had the one title from LSU and Nick Saban. And so it wasn't like there was this conference wide dominance going on, but then um, Urban Meyer and Florida hit in that 06 year. And from 06 to 12, we know what happened. It was the six straight national titles. It was the creation of the SEC network, ultimately expansion. And the thing just took off like a rocket ship. And you had transcendent players like T. Now, nobody was talking about Cam Newton really prior to his season at Auburn. He became Manziel in his redshirt freshman season. Those guys became stars during the season. Um, Tebow was able to play a little bit on that first national championship team and then become the starter and they didn't win it. And then he won it his junior year. And then we all know what Saban and Alabama did to him, uh, especially in the second half, Mm -hmm. his senior year. And then it went from there, you know, and, uh, and we became the league, you know, it's hard to that the league was the big 10 and he, they didn't deserve it, but it was just de facto. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were they were playing boring football, but because Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State are who they are and just yeah. the alumni bases, the bit there's a reason why they tabbed Kirk Herb Street, who threw like forty seven passes as a collegiate quarterback mm-hmm. as the face of game day and eventually put Desmond Howard up. I mean they went Big Ten, Big Ten. Even though they weren't winning titles, which is so interesting because you look at it and it's only Ohio State in 02. Everything else around them, I mean, again, you know, Tennessee, Florida State, Oklahoma, Miami. But now Michigan's yeah. timing in 97 with Woodson, game day started going in 96. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what to do. And Michigan split a championship They're and that claimed. gave them a little <laughs> juice. Their claimed title, yeah. Um, but the bottom line was, you know, it was the Big Ten. Yeah. And then Southern Cal stole the headlines for about a four-year window with Pete Carroll. And we were still trying to get up and running. And then, boom, we took over. Yeah. And, and you know, the rest is history. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Um, we're giving away an Ole Miss bag cooler. It's Ole Miss Lane Kiffin Day. In Atlanta, College Football Hall of Fame, SEC Media Days, and Lane will uh, be front and center sometime around 1.30. He's coming off an unbelievable year, 10-3, and uh, Sugar Bowl. And, you know, he's got an unbelievable schedule this year, plus they've got some talent. Uh, They're not overly talented, but they have some talent. And... That schedule is beautiful, and you you pull Vandy in Kentucky, and nothing in the non-con scares you. So that's like, you know, you can find, 
You can find seven, eight wins like in five seconds looking at the schedule. Uh, right now, they feel confident that they'll beat Mississippi. Re- very, very, very confident they'll beat Mississippi State. They're seven-point favored in Vegas, which is a lot of points um, in a rivalry game like that. So that's a touchdown and a point. That's two possessions, favorite. Uh, Blake and I think found it at seven and a half. If you can, you know, hello. So um, there, there's that going for them. And then Lane is uh, fun on Twitter. And that gets everybody hot and bothered too. And he's good looking. So, <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot going on there. And he's an offensive guy. You know, if he was a defensive guy, it'd be a little bit different even if you're right. winning. But he's offensive. He throws his clipboard in the air. He likes to do the touchdown sign. You know, all those things hit with the fan base. And him being one of the top offensive play callers in the country only helps. Yeah. And so... Uh, For all his introvertness, he's a showman. He is a showman. Yeah. He is a showman. And and last year for the Bama game, he worked all that up and got that going. Get your popcorn ready. Get your popcorn ready. (laughs) And then, you know, afterwards he has to kind of take a shot at himself and say, well, evidently we didn't plug in the microwave. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, Blake, will we get anything this year? I'm sorry, this week with SEC Media Days. Will a coach say something of interest that will get everybody all hot and bothered. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Highball Eats in Fondren. They're open for lunch and dinner. It's right by the Capri in Highball Lanes. But it's a restaurant first with amazing food. They've taken the greatest hits from Robert St. John's Hattiesburg restaurants and created a menu at Highball Eats in Fondren. Amazing gumbo, seafood, Tex-Mex bowls, all at Highball Eats in Fondren, open for lunch and dinner. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your car and home and save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent in any of the 82 counties in Mississippi. Farm Bureau Insurance. Call in line 601-707-3750. SEC Media Days in Atlanta this week. And maybe we'll get something good uh, at the College Football Hall of Fame. We welcome in our friend Tom Luganville, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. Luke's joins us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Uh, Tom, have you been to the College Football Hall of Fame? Oh yeah, many many times. It's uh, if you haven't if you haven't gone, they've done an unbelievable job with that spot. Um, in fact, a couple of years ago, you know, we have our annual college football kickoff meetings every August. Um, and a couple of years ago, we actually did it from inside the College Football Hall of Fame. It was pretty cool. Okay. I can't wait to go. I'm going uh, Thursday. And uh, Have you been? I have not been. No. Oh, it's really neat, man. They do a really, really cool job, and, and there's so much to see. You'll have, a, you'll have a big time there. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to get there for the last guy, Jimbo Fisher, who's made the most noise in the, uh, in the <laughs> offseason. And and then I'm gonna do some other things. I don't really do. You know, you don't remember this probably, but right before we started having you on, I ran into you and your wife um, in, in Birmingham. Birmingham at SEC Media Days. We were going yep. to dinner at some restaurant, both of us, right across the street. It's a pretty good place, Jay something. I don't remember what it's called anyway. And um, and I think that may have been what got me to eventually track you down and be a part of our SEC football coverage. But that was that was probably seven, eight years ago, Luke's Something like it that. Was. It was. Yeah. It was. It was actually even before we had the SEC network because we were there for ESPNU covering it. That's what it was. And uh and you're right. And that my wife was there. I think I I think my son and daughter were there too. Um because my wife's from Alabama and so they just kind of came along and and kind of experienced SEC media day, which is obviously fun. Yeah, they were tiny. I remember seeing them, all of y'all in the lobby yeah. waiting on a ta- I mean, in the uh, little area where you wait on a table. Um, all right, so as we as we go into SEC media days, do you think Jimbo Fisher, I mean, he's going to be asked all these questions. He's kind of gotten into it with both Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban in the offseason. And and look, he's uh, he burns pretty hot, but I would have to believe they've also talked to him a little bit. If anybody can talk to him, that is, uh, these guys are making so much money. I don't really think they answer to many people. Uh, do you think he keeps his composure on Thursday, or do you think that uh, a media person could get him all revved up on a question about what's happened in the last five or six months, Tom? I think a lot of it depends on what he's asked and the tone in which he's asked it. Um, because I think those are things that can easily set him off. And, you know, I, I would like to believe that he wants this to be old news and to move on. I wouldn't be surprised if he does get asked about it. If he just says, guys, that's old news. Let's talk about my football team. I'll answer any question you want about who we are as a football team and getting ready for the upcoming season. But that stuff, we've already dealt with it. There's no other reason to deal with it. I'm not answering any other questions about it. I think if he does that early, that will help him. Okay. 
I think you're right. Um, today, you know, Lane Lane will be front and center about one two thirty your time, one thirty our time. And Lane is one of the three in the league that's been very vocal about name image likeness. Um and we know we're gonna hear it all week. You're you're at uh you're with the ACC network this week and doing all that. Um do you think there's anything else they can say that is even remotely uh interesting or that will set up set off some kind of firestorm, Tom? Well, I think that, you know, he's you're right. He's been very vocal, he's been very upfront about how he feels the landscape is changing, right, wrong, or indifferent, good, bad, or ugly, he knows that he's going to be asked about it, and he knows people want to hear his opinion. I think the reason why he comments on it is because he knows that the vast majority of people involved in the sport share the same opinion that he has. So he's kind of become a little bit of a kind of a universal voice, if you will, uh, because a lot of people don't want to talk about it. They don't want to speak on it. They just want to move on. I think what he's doing is every single time he mentions something about it, to some degree there's a calculation of sending a message out there, whether it's to recruits, whether it's to his current roster, that, hey, he's embracing this. He understands it. He knows it's here to stay. He's not trying to change it. He's not trying to fight against it. He's just accepted that this is what it is, and he wants the people to know that, you know, if you're going to be involved with Ole Miss football, you're not going to have a problem with us from a name, image, and likeness standpoint. When were you sold on Lane Kiffin? Because when you and I talked when he was hired, you were on board, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people still had him pegged as the – kind of spoiled brat or a guy that that wasn't going to be able to to get it done right to to really run a program even though he had done a really Mm -hmm. good job at florida atlantic and had no doubt turned saban's uh alabama offense into more of a, a modernized offense when were you sold on lane kiffin oh i think i would probably go back to the days at USC when he was working under Norm Chow and along with Steve Sarkeesian. And, um, you know, I think the one thing that gets glossed over in all of the, I guess I would call it all of the hype or the, the stigma or however you want to describe the attention that in many instances he's brought on to himself, okay? What gets glossed over is how smart he is. Like he is a really, really bright individual, and he's an extremely bright uh, guy when it comes to X's and O's. And I think as you've watched his evolution, you know, the old Norm Chow offense, that offense that was with Matt Leinart and all of those, you know, that was the old BYU offense. That was the old LaBelle Edwards offense. If you remember, it was pure pocket passers, play-action pass, heavy downhill run game, play-action pass game, and now look what he has evolved to. As the game's changed, he has changed. As the quarterback position has vastly changed, instead of fighting it, he's embraced it. And as a result, I think you brought up the, a perfect example. For them to do what they did with Blake Sims and Jacob Coker, 
is ridiculous. I mean, that, that, that was maybe some of the best coaching you could possibly ever imagine. And I think what he did is he convinced Nick Saban that we can be more dynamic, we can be more flashy, and not give up how we run the football. I think there's this, there's this mentality or there's this thought sometimes that if, if we become too spread, all of a sudden we're not going to be a physical football team, we're not going to be able to run the ball. That, I think that's a fallacy. I really do. And I think that he was able to convince Nick Saban that it truly is because while they became more explosive and became more dynamic, they were still running the heck out of the football. Right. Um, all right, so you've been so, – of course, you're from the West Coast, and um, Kiffin spent a lot of time out there. But, yeah, you, you were sold from the jump. Uh, I think also the reason why he's talking name, image, likeness is he realizes he can't win it all at Ole Miss, Tom. And that's frustrating to him. And although well, they – think about it, though. Think about this, though. But right now in college football, can you name more than five teams that you think could win it all? I can't. Um, you know, I think if and Southern name, image, and likeness, that that gap's widening even even further because at an, a place like Ole Miss, like how how are you or your Mississippi State or your uh, Arkansas or whoever, sure, how are you supposed to compete on the same playing field in name, image, and likeness with Alabama or LSU or Georgia? How are you supposed to do that? The answer is you can't. No. Uh, Ideally, we would get those teams up and running and throw in Ohio State and Southern Cal. It'd be nice to have five to six teams that could go win it. Um, not every year, but gosh, if it was just every now and then, that would be a lot better and more competitive. I don't know if we'll ever get there. Because um, I don't think we've ever had, you know, what Saban's talking about as far as competitive. We, we've never yeah. had competitive balance in the sport. I mean, I no. don't know. You know, I mean, the bottom line is you're going to have the Blue Bloods, and when they're run the right way, uh, they can win it. Um, at Bam, LSU, Georgia, Ohio State, Southern Cal, blah, blah, blah. But Yeah, Clemson. Uh, Clemson, yeah. I, you know what, though? I wonder, Tom, if Clemson can hang. Dabo Sweeney is phenomenal. What he did is incredible. If they don't ever play for it again, winning two and playing for two is absolutely remarkable. If you made me bet, right. Lugs, today, a, th- a hundred bucks, thousand bucks, whatever, I would bet that they don't play for it again. Uh, it's just too da- it's too darn hard, and they're not a top ten recruiter, and he's lost, you know, Venables and Scott and Elliot, and I, I just don't see it now. The only flip side is path of least resistance. Dabo would never, he would never even probably get there in the SEC because he'd play too many top ten, top fifteen recruiters. And even as good as he is, he'd have too many nine and three seasons. But uh, I don't, I don't see it, Tom. I think they caught lightning in a bottle. More power to them. It should be tip of the cap, one of the most amazing runs in the history of college football. But I don't, I don't think he can bottle it and get back. So here's the only area that I would disagree with you is we're talking name, image, and likeness, and we are talking about status of program and investment in the program. Clemson is one of the few programs outside of the SEC that has an SEC investment on behalf of the university. Mm. The powers that be, the people that are invested there, whether it's in the community, whether it's through the university itself, they have invested in football there the way an Alabama or an Auburn or an LSU or an Ohio State have. 
I, I agree with you there. I don't know what happened with Dabo. Mike Krzyzewski did this 22 years ago. I'm not going to recruit one and dones. And then somebody sat him yeah. down and said, Mike, do you want to win another national championship, Coach K? And he said, yes. He said, right. then you yeah. need to pivot and evolve. I think Dabo has missed big on the transfer portal and JUCO. And when when you're anybody, Alabama and LSU use all three, okay? Because it's, it's so darn difficult to win it. But if Dabo doesn't pivot quickly, and I, he's already missed out because he was the hot thing 24 months ago, and this thing was, you were capable of going into and, and investing into the two platforms that I'm referencing, you know, at that time. Uh, he, he better get into the transfer portal. He better embrace name image likeness, and he better look at JUCO recruiting, in my opinion, Luke's. Your thoughts? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think he has to worry about the junior college side of things. I do think that he could dabble in the, in the transfer portal in the same manner that Alabama has. We're not talking about five guys. We're not talking about seven guys. We're talking about one or two guys that are better than what you currently have, and that's not easy to do. I mean, when you look at Clemson's roster, you look at Ohio State's roster, if you're going to take a transfer portal guy, all right, are you going to take a short-term answer for somebody that's maybe not better than what you have, or are you going to go recruit the high school ranks? So I do agree, like, if there was a Jameson Williams out there or a Henry To'o To'o, and I'm using Alabama in, the, in, in that reference, um, that is better than what you currently have, then, yeah, I think you've got to go after that. And they have not done that. They've chosen uh, not to do that. I think from a name, image, and likeness standpoint, they'll be fine. They have enough resources there and particularly internally have enough resources to ensure that, um, that they can be competitive on that landscape. Yeah, and if they if they're not part of the party, that opens it up for someone else. Um, and and I don't know sure. who that is. It could be. I think Lincoln Riley and Southern Cal will be the next one to join the party for at least competing and being in the discussion into November, not this year, into yeah. November for national no, championships, Tom. Well, it's good. It's going to be interesting. I think I might have said this to you a week or two weeks ago. I find it inter- I find it very fascinating that yes, while this is a money grab, and it is, we're talking about a thirty million dollar payout versus a minimum of what's going to be likely a seventy million dollar payout to SC and UCLA. The trade-off is, it is much easier to travel from the East Coast to the West Coast to play a football game. It's an entirely different animal to travel from the West Coast to the East Coast, do noon kickoffs, and then oh by the way. What happens when you have to line up and play Wisconsin in late November on the road in your UCLA? Or you have to play at Penn State in November and it's 25 degrees. That part of things for SC and UCLA, I think, is going to be a little bit of a wake-up call. And like I said to you, I do remember saying this to you last week, they went from a non-line of scrimmage league to a line of scrimmage league now. And I think that's going to be a bigger adjustment than people think. Agree. Tom Luganville on the Corona Premier Guest Line. I'm looking at Bama's and Georgia's schedule, and it looks like a pretty much a cakewalk to me. Uh, if I had to mm-hmm. bet today, um, if I had to you know lay a bet down, I would say they're both 12 and 0 when they when they go to Atlanta. How do you see it? Yeah, I think barring an injury, when you look at their roster profile and you look at what they've got coming back, you know it. Could you lose focus and have a lapse and lose a close game? Sure. Um, but again, and I've said this to you going back years, if you're going to have a chance to beat those two teams, 
they're going to have to do something to help you. They're going to have to screw it up because you're not just going to do it mano y mano. They got better players across the board than everybody else. So to me, it, it kind of comes down to what do they do? Do they put themselves in a position to where they are at risk of a loss because of their own lack of focus or an injury or, you know, they have one of those uncharacteristic days where they, you know, they, they, they give up, you know, two big touchdowns on third and seven or they give up a punt return for, you know, a touchdown and all of a sudden the game's close in the fourth quarter. And, oh, by the way, particularly with Alabama, but I think Georgia's going to be kind of in this conversation too, is you better be prepared to score a minimum of, you know, 35 to 40 points on both of those teams in order to be involved in the game in the fourth quarter. And how are you supposed to do that against them defensively? All right, let me ask I mean, you this. It's, it's going to be tough. With Ohio State returning C.J. Stroud and hiring an unbelievable defensive coordinator in Jim Knowles from OK Jim State, Knowles, yeah. uh, do they have enough juice if they face off against one of those teams because they have upgraded to that level on the defensive side of the football, and you would have to believe that Knowles will give them a major boost in red zone efficiency numbers, Tom? Well, they, number one, yes, they absolutely do. And number two, that defense last year might have been the youngest compiled group of 11 starters. I would actually argue going into the top 22 that Ohio State has played with going back 15 to 20 years, and everybody's back that is of consequence. So they're going to be more experienced. They're already talented. They're going to be older. And then, to your point, they're going to have a coordinator coming in there that flat out knows what he's doing and is going to be dealing with much better players than the players they had at Oklahoma State. And we saw what Oklahoma State was able to do on defense, particularly when it came to sacks and when it came to points allowed. I mean, Oklahoma State was shutting people down last yeah, year. They now were. I think with Ohio State, yeah, Ohio State's personnel – there's no, there, there's no question, given that offense, um, this might be one of the best, most talented teams Ryan Day has had. They're going to boat race Michigan after Harbaugh messed around and lost his coordinators. All right, so, Luke, who would you take, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, if you got to pick either one and you were your uh, starter this year? Probably, yeah, probably Bryce Young by a nose hair just because of the ability to create when things aren't perfect. And not to say that C.J. Stroud's not a good athlete. He is. He's a good enough athlete. But he's not a designated runner. He's not necessarily an improviser. He is a, a timing and rhythm and play-action passer. And I think that at times, you're going to get into games, you're going to have issues where the quarterback's going to have to pull a rabbit out of his hat with his legs, and that's probably where Bryce gets the edge. Okay. SEC quarterbacks, after Bryce Young, and Levis's offensive coordinator is not good, but he's talented. Um, he's streaky, though. He's very streaky. Who would Tom Luganbill go with after Bryce Young in the SEC? I tell you, right now it might be the guy at Mississippi State, just as a, as a thrower. Um, now, is he going to have help in the run game, and are they going to be able to protect him consistently? Um, I like I like Levis. I had him in the bowl game last year. Like I said, he's very athletic. He's very talented, but he's extremely streaky, and I get very worried about streaky guys. Um, I, I You're hearing me not say Spencer Rattler because I think he's in for a little bit of a wake-up call. This is going to be the first time in his career where he's not on one of the best teams. 
Right. And the personnel around him, personnel, I mean, that was the coaching job of the century last year by Shane Beamer and his staff. And yet, yes, they're going to be better at quarterback, but I think it's going to be a, a little bit of a steeper, steeper curve. And I'll tell you a guy that you need to keep an eye on because I think he's going to end up being the starter. Garrett Nussmeyer at LSU. Okay. He might end up having a chance to be a really good football player. Okay. If Miles Brennan doesn't win on experience, I think they go with Nussmeyer. All right. So you just brought up something. South Carolina week two at Arkansas. They mm-hmm. they go against the best defensive coordinator in the league, Barry Odom, who doesn't have the best talent, mm-hmm. but he's an absolute freak. That could be a wake-up yeah. call for Spencer Rattler because the game Kako sees not awesome either. And you, you go into Fayetteville and you got Barry Odom working you. That could be a long day for Rattler in that Gamecock offense, Tom. Well, well, that and for the Gamecocks on defense. I mean, that offense is pretty dynamic. Quarterbacks are runner. Um, there, I mean, that, that, I, I would be worried about getting off the field too. I think that's going to be a real test for South Carolina. That is a, that could be one of those defining moment type games. All right. We'll wrap it up with this Florida, Utah. It's it's basically a pick 'em, but Whittingham has all this talent. No, it's but not. It's, <laughs> you don't you're not buying that. I wouldn't say it is right now. It it might be a pick 'em. Utah's got the better football team. Okay. I think Utah, if they don't screw it up, is a dark horse college football playoff team out of that league. Yeah. But boy, can you imagine if they get upset in Gainesville? Oh man, yeah. And don't kid don't kid yourself. Florida's got enough athletes to do it now. Right. I don't. I mean, I'm. I'm not. Everybody's sold on Anthony Richardson, who hasn't done anything yet. All right. And so, you know, I'm, I'm a wait and see type of guy with him. I know everybody's touting him and this and that. What has he done? He's really he hasn't done anything. So there's a little bit of a roster overhaul, and they're too deep at Florida, but they do have enough athletes to get on the field and, and be problematic. We'll leave it there. It's uh, six Saturdays from this uh, Saturday. We'll have uh, college football. Well, Labor Day weekend. I think they'll have some games the week before, but y'all know what I mean. Tom Luganbill, thanks, bud. Have a great week. You too, man. See ya. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone is brought to you by the Ram Trucks at Mack Hike and Flowood and the Jeep Wranglers, along with their pre-owned SUVs and trucks, MackHikeFlowood.com. And the show is also presented by the Premium Cigars at Havana Smoke Shop, I-55 North Frontage Road in Jackson, and a Havana Smoke Shop at the Reservoir across from Shaggy's. So I've kind of shifted a little bit. I'm still on the Rocky Patel kick, but now, the last two weeks, Tatawahe's. Try, uh, they've got a great selection of Tatawahe's at uh, either... Havana Smoke Shop in Jackson or Havana Smoke Shop at the Reservoir. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. The Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone, ESPN. Good morning. Welcome in. Lane Kiffin, front and center, 1.30 today in Atlanta at the College Football Hall of Fame for SEC Media Days. And then uh, the Pirate Mike Leach tomorrow and Jimbo Fisher on Thursday. Hour number three coming up. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.